0: All right. Very excited to announce my guest today. Klaus Eichstadt, guitarist for Ugly Kid Joe, one of my all-time favorite bands. Finally got to see them live and they absolutely crushed it. They're on tour now with Fozzy and Pistols at Dawn. It's a great package. I highly recommend it. Ugly Kid Joe also has a new album out now called Rad Wings of Destiny. And we're going to talk about the tour, the new album, some old stuff, lineup changes, and so much more. Stay right there. (laughs) <laughs> I've got the Put same the hat.
1: hat. You do. Oh, you at a show recently?
0: Yeah, I was at the Vegas show. It was amazing. Oh, okay, yeah. I've only uh, waited uh, what is it, thirty-one years to see you guys. <laughs> I couldn't see you as a kid because uh, I think you came to. I lived in Seattle, and you came to like Rock Candy, but it was like twenty-one and over.
1: Right. You couldn't right. go
0: to that one. I. You might have played with like opening for somebody, but I. I, I might have been too Probably late. Probably
1: Scatterbrain, maybe or
0: yeah by the time that i like really got into you guys i think it was that summer and i so i don't know if that did the aussie tour come through that one the
1: aussie tour yeah seattle i think i thought seattle was our first show on the aussie tour okay in 1992 it would have been um what was it uh uh summer of 92 like august maybe
0: wow i might have just missed that because that would have been a good sure. show, looking at the uh, line. It was like you and Ozzy and Slaughter, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would have been fun. But, uh, yeah, I finally got to see you guys. It was amazing. I I couldn't believe. I, I just had to ask, like, how does Wit keep his voice in shape so well? Because it's hard as a singer. I mean, yeah. a, a drummer maybe, too. But, um, I mean, you can play guitar, bass. That yeah. doesn't really affect with uh, age, I wouldn't think, as much. But singing, I mean... What can you do with your voice? Like, does he just get lucky or does he have some sort of crazy vocal He's
1: kind of a, he is kind of a freak of nature, honestly. Um, For instance, he doesn't like do like strenuous vocal exercise. He just, but he does take care of his voice, you know, and, you know, you you just can't live too fast, um, you know, to to keep your voice up. But yeah, I mean, like if he's smoking, he's not going to sing as good. You know, if we go out one night, have a few drinks and a few cigarettes, next day is going to be harder. But, you know, yeah you're right you do have to as a singer you have to kind of be careful and um but wit is also like i said kind of a freak of nature like he his voice is just you know he never even early on i remember when he was a teenager just like he'd like i can sing and we're like no you can't and we're like oh kind of can like he's actually kind of has a cool voice just kind of makes it kind of sounds like david Lee roth <laughs> you know
0: that's crazy yeah because right? like he had to work on it though right didn't he? i mean it took well, some- yeah he was it, but he did he did actually
1: go to the vit the vocal institute in hollywood yeah. for like a, 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 a whatever a year or whatever but for the most part most of his singing ability has come from just singing in bands um in particular really this band i mean before um before ugly kid joe the band he was in was actually became ugly kid joe his first band really so um and then after ugly kid joe he of course he played in medication he played in um Life of Agni, which was a really great learning experience for him, trying to emulate someone else's singing, a different style too. And then he played in, of course, another animal. So over the years, he's had um, practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I-
0: and didn't you say isn't is the story that you you gave him a Judas Priest record and you said you told him, all right, if you learn how to sing like this, you can be in the you can be in a band with me. And he did right. He figured it out.
1: See, he likes to say it's in a band with him. I think it's more like I said, if you can sing like this, you can sing in any band. <laughs>
0: You okay. Know? Yeah.
1: There you <laughs> go. If you can sing like Judas Priest, uh Rob Halford, you are gonna get a gig. <laughs> and uh I think at the time my friend who turned me on a guitar was really into Priest and was like, Klaus, this is the best singer in metal, right here, Rob Halford, tell Wit, you know, and I I, you know, I turned Wit basically on to Rob Halford and Priest in general, and uh which he never has looked back. Wit probably knows every lyric to every priest song ever recorded. I mean, he is wow. a massive priest fan.
0: Even does he like the Tim Ripper Owen stuff? That's not Halford, or
1: oh, that's Rob. Probably you know. I'm going to go back every vocal recorded by
0: Rob Halford by Halford. Okay, yeah. fair enough. So, because you guys, um, the band was was a band. The band originally called Overdrive. Yeah, but for a short time, was it actually called Suburban White Alcoholic Trash?
1: For like a split second, yeah. It's kind of it was a song we had, and I had made like a T-shirt with a logo, and I was kind of pushing for that name. Um, and then ugly good Joe, the show came up with pretty Boy Floyd and we it, it kind of just stuck.
0: Would it have been like SWAT? Would it be like an yeah, exactly? Oh, a-
1: okay. a- acronym, acronym, right?
0: Yeah. 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 Acronym.
1: Yeah. Cause that's uh... was really the wasp at the time. And I thought their logo was so cool. And I was like, I want to do <laughs> okay. something. Okay. So I, and I, I was really into that show SWAT the show. And I thought, what could I, what could that anagram be? And I came up with silver and white alcoholic trash and it, It was pretty accurate, actually.
0: So then did that lyric make it into the Whiplash Liquor song?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I love that. That one and Matt, that's my only gripe about the concert is I didn't get to hear Whiplash Liquor or Mad Men. Those two are two of my favorite songs. Oh, sorry. Uh, We've been playing. We
1: we actually played Whiplash Liquor the other night, but we didn't really know it. So we kind of played half of it and faked our way through it. But Mad Men, we played on and off for the last 10 years for sure. You know, it's been kind of a staple in and out of the set.
0: Yeah. I mean, every song was so good. Like just that opening riff of Neighbor. Oh, my God. That was so cool because that was one of my favorite songs as a kid and getting to hear that live. And like I said, you guys killed it, especially Wits vocal, because that's the thing you always worry about with bands yeah, singers, as they yeah. age. You're like, oh, they're not going to be able to sing this. And he killed it. It was amazing. I couldn't believe it.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, he's kind of a freak of nature, but you do have to take care of it.
0: Yeah, it's like the, we, all, like, we all are. Like,
1: you know, we're all obviously in our fifties now, so yeah. we can't do what we used to do, obviously. And like, for instance, this has been a dry tour, California sober tour.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're no alcohol. You know, he, yeah. He's sounding good. The the whole band is sounding good. You're jumping around out there. You're running around. You guys are having fun. I mean, it looks like you're like kids. It's crazy.
1: Well, part part of it is you know we are living a much healthier lifestyle, especially at this age, but also. It is fun. It totally is fun. And it's weird. Like some days I'm tired and I'm like even starting to think, like, man, am I too old for this? And then as soon as like it's time to get up and play, it's like you have this adrenaline rush and it it does really honestly feel like you do feel young again. It's it's as stupid as that sounds, like you do feel like a kid. It doesn't feel much different now than it did when I was twenty three, is all I'm saying. It doesn't feel much different, you know? And you know, knock on wood like Physically, obviously, that's the main thing. I have had issues with my fingers. I've had a pinched nerve and it was messing up my fingers, and possible arthritis. So there are things for, you know, guitar players. And of course, with throat thing, you know, he's been sick before and lost his voice very rarely. But, you know, he's been close to it a couple of times. So, you know, barring those things, you know, you it's it, you really do get this adrenaline rush. And it really feels, I mean, I, I it feels like it was 30 years ago. It doesn't feel much different, you know.
0: That's amazing. Did you feel it more with certain songs, like either newer songs or just songs that are more rocking songs, or is it just a full adrenaline the whole show throughout?
1: It's pretty much the whole show. I mean, sure. We've always had, you always have your kind of favorites and it's usually a group thing or it's a really fun riff to play or it's and it partially too the crowd favorites help because they sing along and that kind of gives you an extra little like, Oh shit, they actually like this, you know? Um, Enough to really be into it. So, yeah, it's a little bit of everything. But for the most part, I think, um, yeah, the whole show, sometimes like, you know, when you hear the, the lights go down and you hear that kind of initial sound from the crowd, it totally like the adrenaline just goes. And then all of a sudden you have just energy. Like you could be taking a nap and you'd hear it and be like, whoa, okay, let's do this, you know? Yeah. so And we, we've been doing like an hour and 20, hour and 25, hour 15, something like that. And it, I don't really ever feel all too tired after i mean afterwards you're kind of like whoa i'm tired but during the set you you know your adrenaline for an hour and a half is is, is pretty solid
0: yeah no that's really cool and i love um you, you guys have such a larger catalog now and the yeah, new album nice. is is great so i had a question because there's definitely with the new stuff there's definitely slight, like some acdc vibes but i uh, correct me if i'm wrong you guys are more of the fans of the Bon scott acdc than the brian johnson acdc
1: Honestly, uh, I love them both. I, really? I, I love both. Uh, we, 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 well, okay. Yes, Bon Scott is probably, in rock and roll, my favorite lyricist of all time. I used to study his lyrics and be like, wow, this guy writes some really clever, funny, awesome. I mean, just the fact that he has two versions of the Jack and one's about playing cards. <laughs> it's like genius, you know? And then, of course, Big Balls is freaking hilarious. And just I, I mean, and a Highway to Hell maybe the greatest rock and roll song ever written, like just the, the the everything about it. But then you you listen to Back in Black, and you I would step back and say that's the greatest rock album ever recorded in the history of rock and roll. So they both are just insanely good.
0: That's a good point. I never thought of that. You're right, though. It's like the old stuff definitely had that uh, sense of uh, humor more so. Yeah. Bond and the was newer a ACDC, lyricist. yeah, mm-hmm. they like a whole lot of rosy and like you said, big balls and like. I mean, yeah, they didn't really have that with Brian Johnson. No, yeah, I think-
1: his lyrics were I, I would say maybe not quite as original as Bon Scott's, but his voice is incredible. And of course, the band had you know, I guess you could say, not come into their own. They were always in. They were always the greatest. But you know, with Mutt Lang producing and it was you know, Pack of Black the second record I believe with Mutt Lang that where it just went to another stratosphere of what a great rock band should sound like. And they, they completely nailed it. And for several records after that too. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, they're both freaking insanely great.
0: Yeah. I just remember as a kid, like I, it was Brian Johnson was like my era. And then I had kind of had to go back and listen to the Scott and I was like, Oh, okay. This stuff's very good too, obviously. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm like kind of with you. I like them both. So,
1: well, my sister is actually who turned me on to ACDC. And probably inadvertently, wit too, because we were kind of friends at the time. And my sister was really getting into rock. She had all the first ACDC records before Back in Black even came out. So she had already totally schooled me on ACDC and Power Age and High Voltage and If, if You Want Blood, You Got It. And all those rest. She had all the records. So I was already like just starting guitar and learning the arrangements of ACDC. And so I really only knew ACDC as Bon Scott until he died. And it was like we were, my sister was devastated and I was like, no way. And I was pretty young. And and then when the new record came out, I, I told, I still remember it like it was yesterday. We were at my parents' friend's house and the son who was like 16, he could drive and he had bought Back in Black and he had played it for us. And me and my sister were like, no way, this is the new singer. he's all, "Yep!" And we were like, just, I remember just so, being so blown away. Cause we were all sad, you know, like ACDC is never going to be the same, you know? Mm-hmm. And we loved ACDC so much. And we are like, wow, they're, they're just as good. And the record is, is insane.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, they've they definitely put out a lot of good music since then with Brian Johnson. He's he's yeah. great. He's another one of those guys that can continue to sing at a high level. Like Stephen, how he does too. that's
1: yeah. That, well, you just pretty much send the two guys that like the fact that they're still in a like that is incredible because even doing it, into their forties was amazing and fifties. Now they're like 70 and they're fucking just insanely rad.
0: Yeah. I've never seen Aerosmith and they're going to retire, but I can't afford tickets for that one. So oh,
1: it's probably a zillion dollars, right?
0: It's a lot. Yeah. it was like a few hundred just for the nose. Yeah. So we
1: played with Aerosmith in Brazil. And I remember being just blown away by Steven Tyler in particular, his energy, his voice, everything was perfect. His screams, his whole thing. His presence, his moves. I mean, he was just the quintessential, amazing front man, and not just frontman, I mean his singing ability was is incredible. Like what a badass voice.
0: Yeah, for sure. So the only one you haven't uh, played with is ACDC, right? Because you've done yeah. with Ozzy and Judas Priest and all yeah. these other guys.
1: Scorpions, Motorhead. We've done so many great things. We've been able to play with so many amazing bands. Guns N' Roses, The Cult, like all the bands we've got. And Van Halen. Def yeah, Leppard. Yeah. yeah, Def Leppard. I mean, it's just been so, we've been so blessed that we actually got to play with, you know, Open For, I mean, that's honestly starting out, you don't really dream of yourself. You kind of dream of like Will Headline Arena, but you really kind of realistically, like, I just want to Open For the bands that I love. If we can get to Open For Van Halen or Ozzy, I mean, that's, that would be the top of the mountain, and we did it. <laughs> which is pretty rad. We got, I mean, those two in particular, I would say Van Halen and Ozzy were, you know, just so big. And of course, priest. So does it, By st- after like 30 years, we got to open the Priest. That was awesome.
0: Yeah. Does it still feel cool to still play or does it feel like you, you can't ever achieve that feeling again? Or is it just like, it's the same feeling over and over again when you we play, with the priest,
1: like a few couple years ago in Virginia beach. And I cried after the show, when I went out and realized what had just happened that we had just, cause it was during COVID. It was really yeah. weird. We didn't know what was going to happen. And we just kind of got there. And it was kind of a nightmare because of all the logistics. And when we played the show and the show was over, our show was over and you take a deep breath and you went out, walked out into the crowd and priest comes on and we're like, we just opened for priest. And I just swelled up and started calling my sister and all my friends that, you know, who'd, who back when we were 14, 15 would listen to priest with and like, we're just open for Jewish priest in America, you know, direct support. Like this is crazy. You
0: know, I thought had, of going to that show. Wasn't it in Florida or something?
1: It was in Virginia, Virginia. Or
0: Virginia yeah. It was on the East coast. I remember I was thinking, I was like, Oh man, I really, cause it was the first time you guys had played in America in a long time.
1: Yeah, that exactly years and years. And we played like three shows within the last 12 years in the U S and that was the fourth. And then we hadn't played here since like 90, 1995, I think.
0: So how is the reception from the the tour in the US now cuz like like I said when I was the the Vegas show at least I mean you guys killed it I can't imagine anyone didn't think that was one of the best shows they've ever been to is that kind of the, been the reaction to every show
1: it's been really great we we you know we didn't know what to expect we haven't been here in a long time and every show's been great uh you know some better than others but but uh, for for in in general it's been really really great like really great fans like really into it kind of like and I get it. There's people that are older that were fans, they grew up, but people are bringing their kids, kids, people in their thirties and twenties and thirties are showing up and it's kind of a nice mix of, of age groups, I guess you could say, you know, and, and people are, you know, some of the real true fans are really singing the new stuff, which is, you know, we don't know if it's just going to be a nostalgia thing for people that are like, oh, I had, you know, those two years in high school when Ugly Joe was popular. And I remember those couple songs, you know, I'll go see this for fun but where, you know, people are singing the the new stuff as well from the last, you know, 10 years. And it's like, oh, this is, these are like people that actually really like the band, not just, you know, not, it wasn't just a short period of their time. They're actually really fans. and That's been pretty cool and refreshing.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. For me, it's both. Cause like I, that, there is like a nostalgic time, yeah. but then also like, yeah, once you guys came back with the stairway to hell EP, I was like, Oh, like my jaw dropped. I was like, "Oh, this is so." G- I'm so glad you, you guys are back. And then, like, it's been a couple different. Um, there was that one, and then there was the uh, uglier than they used. Uglier, to be. yeah. And um, then this this latest one, "Rad Wings of Destiny," is is great. That that ain't living. Catchy song, not like the other catchy song. "Dead Friends Play," great song. That's an homage to all the heroes who've passed. Eddie Van Halen, yeah. Lemmy. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you yeah, write Whit, that one? <laughs> oh, no, Whit, Whit wrote, wrote that, that one, and he really like, you know, Whit. Definitely like had been kind of like literally, it was like line by line over like a few months. And it just finally came together. And we had pretty much finished the record. And he's like, I've got a new song. And he basically went to hang out with Dave Fortman, who is a great producer. And the two of them just sat around for like a week and recorded two more songs. And that was one of them. And well, what the was record. the other one? Um, uh, um, up in the city. Okay. Anyway, yeah. um So yeah, that was that made the record kind of the end. That was we we played every night.
0: Which song was you had like at least one song on the record though, right? That was just yours that you wrote.
1: Yeah, failure.
0: Okay. Yeah, and, yeah, that's cool because it, it's definitely different sounds of different songwriters. Like I know yeah. Fortman is kind of yeah. wits into the heavier riffs and stuff, and then Fortman writes some of the he wrote writes most not mostly but some of the slower songs like Busy Bee off. Right, right. And you guys played that in Vegas, which was awesome that's not on a set list right it,
1: okay no it is it, it you know what our band is kind of we have sort of a um a different lineup almost every tour slightly ever so slightly here and there so we kind of like uh you know customize the 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 set list a little bit to who's in the band and who's playing and who's good at what like oh you sing that harmony really good let's do that song a little bit like that you know so we kind of oh, yeah, like so explain
0: yeah. that because I thought, uh, when I had Dave Fortman on my show a couple of years ago, he said, he's like, no, I can't tour anymore because of hearing loss. And then right. he was at the Vegas show, I was like, oh sweet. He actually is here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he just does occasional shows then. Is that what it is? He pretty much was the you know
1: mainstay for probably from 2000. What was that what year was that? Uh, I'm sorry. For like five years, he was, he was pretty much doing everything. And then, um, and then, yeah, he had some major hearing issues and, he just wanted to back off. And then we had like a two and a half year break during COVID where we didn't play anyway. So when we got back together, he's like, I think I can do this tour.
0: <laughs> so. All so, right. Yeah. So, and then what happened to Cordell Crockett? A bunch of fans have been asking about it. I know he had some legal issues. Is he out of the band or is he just temporarily?
1: Like, right now, you know, it's some stuff going on. I'll just be honest with you. Um, it's kind of personal, so I don't want to say much, but yeah you know we we hope everything's going well and you know we'll see what happens
0: okay so then uh mike squires is filling in yeah
1: exactly who actually played guitar he actually initially filled in for for dave and then when he finished that tour he went and played bass for another band and then when when we came back we're like well dave's playing but we need a bass player and he's like well, I know all your songs, and I just did a whole tour playing bass. This will t- it'll t- give me a week, you know, give me a couple of weeks, and I'll have wow. it down. And he does, and uh, yeah, that's so, what I mean. This this band's there's a lot of weird little lineup things, and you know, we yeah, it, it goes, it gets weird, but it's it's really fun. I mean, everybody gets along, and it's um, uh, like I said, that's why the set list kind of ch- changes due to like who's in the band. Like, oh, so and so is really good at so and such and such. We should probably that song you know
0: okay yeah because so now what happened to zach morris was the drummer
1: yeah yeah a long, and then, long time yeah
0: and then now we've got can is it cam greenwood is that is that yes name? Cam greenwood yeah, yeah and he does the backup for uh, goddamn devil
1: dude he it's so funny we we didn't really know he could sing we had no idea actually and we're in rehearsal and wit hadn't wit hadn't his flight had we were in leeds england and it was for whatever a couple tours ago and um we're rehearsing and i knew wit wasn't scheduled to fly in until the next day so we were rehearsing just as a as a four-piece the band no vocals and we play, i forget what song i think it may have been that ain't living and all of a sudden i'm just kind of playing the riff and i'm looking down and all of a sudden i'm like wit starts singing i'm like oh wait Wit's here how does he he's early and i look up and it's cam singing and it sounded like wit and i you know because it's all loud so everything's a little bit distorted yeah i was like so after the song i'm like Dude, that sounded really good. I didn't know you could sing. He's like, Yeah, I'm a singer. I sing in a band. I'm I front a band. As a drummer and singer like Phil Collin, you know, he plays drums and with a mic and sings the entire set with his with his one of his other bands. So we're like, damn. And again, utilize and then when what we was it was, I guess, talking to him, like, how good are you? You know, and he's like, oh, I can sing that part and I can sing that part. And so we just started like, sometimes he just would chime in and start singing a part that's obviously Wit's part. And it's like, damn, and like just lets them go with it. So,
0: wow, yeah. that's awesome to have that. And that that song originally was that that was the song that was on a demo right before you guys even did um, "As Ugly as They Wanna Be." Yeah, it was, it was
1: part of our four song demo that we were shopping to labels, and um, yeah, and, and the then, guy who uh, produced that demo actually is Eric Valentine, who is also right.
0: Who's with him. Famous producer.
1: Yeah. Eric Dodd was his original name, and we went to high school with him. And after high school was when we did the demo because, you know, we word of mouth, Eric Valentine is just legendary, you know, and, and from where we're from in the Bay Area. and uh, But we all knew him. We were friends with him. And we were, I, I had a rehearsal room literally half a block from where his studio was. So I remember, like, picking up his drums and taking him to my rehearsal room, learning the songs in three days, and then taking the drums back and recording it in his studio. And with driving up from Santa Barbara and and we did those two songs. And that was kind of the beginning of the band.
0: It was which one Goddamn Devil and which what was the other
1: uh, one? Madman, Madman and Goddamn Devil, Don't Go and Funky Fresh. Okay. it yeah, was it Don't Go? No, was it was Don't Go on the on the I think it was. We thought maybe Don't Go. Because it was a time, and we're like, well, maybe we will give them a little poppy song, you know, kind of a more of a pop love song. And then Funky Fresh, Madman, and Goddamn Devil were kind of more of like what we wanted the band to be. I think that was the four. It was two on each side of the tape, I think is how it was. Something like that. I don't know.
0: Oh, so everything about you was... I hate everything about no. you was not on there. But that, that song totally. was written like years before I heard on a piano what? as a joke?
1: Was written on the piano, you know, kind of like just the, the melody and the basic verses. And I probably did it on a Tascam 4 track. No, I did do it on a Tascam 4 track, but it was kind of like back burner type song. You know, it's like, because I was writing, you know, stuff like panhandling and, and and goddamn devil and madman kind of fast rock heavy riffs you know more rock and everything about you is just kind of a joke song really and uh for fun and then you know when we were sort of you know obviously when we started getting long, trying to put together longer sets it was just this extra song i had so we started playing it and like immediately i have to say after the first time we played it we go damn people really like that song <laughs> like it was kind of you know, pleasantly surprised, like, wow, by the end of the song, everybody's singing along with us. Like, wow, this maybe there's something to this.
0: And it was about a, like a some sort of cynical childhood friend that would kind of yeah, talk Feral, shit about...
1: Beryl T. Smith is, a, is still a great friend of ours, like my best friend, our friend we've known since 1985. And um, he was just always kind of like, um, yeah, very cynical, I guess you could say. Funny, um, good sense of humor, but talked a lot of shit about everything.
0: <laughs> Yeah, everyone's got a friend like that, though. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. Yeah. So is that true, though, with the, the music video for that one? I read this on Wikipedia, so I don't know how truth it is. Okay. Uh, but the, the you guys had the sex dolls, and you put healing right. in them, and that the uh, the aviation administration authorities had to come down. Because yeah, and... there's an
1: airport right there where where we we, we filmed it at a beach called, I forget the name of the beach, uh, the Isla Vista Beach, whatever, right, in Isla Vista, which is where UCSB is, the college yeah. there. And it's, and um, there's an airport right there and the Santa Barbara airport. And um, yeah, they, they, they actually flew really freaking high those things. They actually <laughs> added, put balloons, tied helium balloons to the actual blow up dolls. We, we were hoping that they, well, we weren't the The Tom Mignon, the video producer was hoping that he could just fill them with helium, but it didn't work. So they had to, so if you look, if you pan the camera back, you'd see like four of these giant balloons actually holding the, the actual doll. All of, they must have done it with fishing lines or something because everything was kind of rigged up right then and there, and um, I guess one of them broke off and it flew away and it was again tied to like three other big balloons, so probably like someone said something i don't I, I don't really remember the whole logistics of that moment because it was more like we didn't really know what was going on. everything was just you know, I don't even know we had cell phones back then, so someone was just like, yeah, there's some report of the thing and da da, da, da. It was ninety one you know ninety 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 one yeah,
0: yeah. Wow, that's great! <laughs> so then, like before, you get the Aussie. T- Is it before you get the Aussie tour that Roger leaves the band? And I never, I never understood yeah. the story. It said musical differences, but was it more like personality difference? That's what se- that seemed to be what Dave Fortman was hinting at with that one.
1: No, it was musical differences. Honestly, it, it really wasn't a personality thing. I think you can say musical difference could be personal differences because you're saying this person maybe this direction or, but it was, it was musical. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't like, oh, he's a dick. He's a really great guy. Mm-hmm. So it was hundred percent based on the music and what we were doing as a band. Um, um, you know, Dave probably has heard, you know, he joined after, so he's probably heard different convoluted versions of what happened, but you know, we just wanted to move on. And so we didn't talk much about it, but no, we saw Roger actually came to our show, San Diego, Four weeks ago and i hadn't seen him since and it was great he's a great guy and hung out and met his kids and uh or his daughter i should say and uh and her husband and it was great it was really great seeing him and, and eric phillips the other guitar player before roger was even the band there was another guitar player he came to the show in Ventura. it was like really cool you know kind of a full circle of everybody that was well mark davis came to our show in at the casino in st croix up and
0: i saw that off. yeah
1: yeah and Well, that, and
0: that's another one that's interesting because that. he he was with the band during, you know, a lot of those big tours and stuff. And then, they, yeah, yeah, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, he decided he's just um, yeah. that he took a step back to uh, focus on his family, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. it's really um, admirable. He just was like, you know what, you guys, it's it's going to be a lot of touring. It's a lot of stuff that I can't commit to. You know, I'm really you know, committed to, to, to being a husband and a father and, you know, wish you all the best. And we've been friends ever since, you know.
0: Yeah. And you took a break too. When the band broke up, you had a hiatus and you were kind of just, you were doing musical projects and just a bunch of random, bunch
1: of random there. stuff. Yeah. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, trying different things and trying to start other little whatever companies and whatnot and recording so, bands and, and also still writing and kind of been, was in a couple of little bands too. So yeah.
0: Oh, so you still got to play music and still got to go yeah, on stage. Yeah. And... Not, no, no, I only played two gigs. Oh, that's
1: it. And then, and then a few just for fun like two gigs officially with a band that I was in and then I played like a few gigs for fun with wit with a with another band we'd go up and just kind of guest with them like every year um up in Tahoe. They'd Did you like miss that.
0: it during that time? Like um not
1: really, no. Huh. You know? It was weird. It was like like I said you, you get to do it every couple times a year or whatever and no, I never really missed it to the point of I think it was when the opportunity came to re to do it again. That's when the reality kicked in. But like, whoa, I could do it again. Yes, I'd like to do it again. Maybe I did miss it and I didn't realize I missed it. You know what I mean? Um, I think it was just because the the reality of it was more like, it's not that I missed being on stage playing. It's that, you know, I wasn't in a situation where I really wanted to do it. Like I wasn't in a band where I was really excited about it. And I, of course I was always really excited about being in this band back in the day. It's just, when we broke up, we broke up and everybody's trying different things and nothing really made me want to go, yes, I want to tour with this band or oh, yes, this is it until we reunited. And I'm like, Oh yeah, we can do this again. And you know, after three shows you're like, Oh yeah, maybe I did miss it. <laughs> but you didn't think you missed it. I don't know. How I explain it really.
0: That's interesting. Did you like um, helping out other bands like producing and stuff like that? Was that fun?
1: Yes and no. It, it was it was fun, but I don't think I could have I don't know if, I don't my I didn't have the patience to do it, you know, full time kind of thing, you know. It was like um it's it producing's hard, you know, you gotta deal with a lot of personalities. And you know, being in a band, you have to deal with a lot of personalities, but to producing you're like kind of like you gotta deal with everybody's personality coming from all different sides and you have to deal with their internal stuff. And like Dave said once, it's like kind of like babysitting.
0: I was gonna say it's that's what it sounds like, yeah. You're kind of in charge. Yeah, yeah. So did you um, did you have to work during that time? Like I always hear different things from bands when I interview them. Like, um, I mean, you can't just live off the. You have you guys have two massive songs. Can you just live off the royalties? No,
1: no, you've always got to like like I said, you little and little that you always got to think of something because the the income just all of a sudden it just really starts to go down. And all of a sudden, you're damn. You're like, you know, you, yeah, you can't live off of one hit that you wrote, pretty much, unless it's, of course, Mariah Carey. Uh, all I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> you <laughs> that know?
0: fucking song, man. Like, Jesus, she yeah. makes so much money off that, I'm sure, but she has a ton of other hits too. So. Yeah, I
1: know. yeah, but no, you you can't. And and we didn't. And we all had to do other things, whether it be odd jobs or you know. You know, yeah, you always had to figure out a way to make ends meet for sure. You couldn't live off off of it.
0: Yeah, because Dave Foreman, obviously, for people who don't know. I mean, he's produced yeah. like Godsmack and Evanescence, yeah. and all these other bands, and then Wit just, uh, yeah, Whit did a bunch of other bands too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. used a bunch of like just interesting, yeah. random things. Wasn't one of the things you did? You like made these bongs or something yeah. with football yeah. helmets? I kind of want one actually. Like for my brother, I wanted to give my brother one.
1: They are pretty rad. I mean, I don't make them anymore. And yeah. in fact, I, right when I thought the business was going to take off is when the NFL was like, Nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you only made like 60 of them or something.
1: It ended up being more. It was like 140 maybe. Oh, Okay. But um, I, I got the number wrong. And when I talked to Mike about it, I, I kind of reviewed, but it had been so long. I was like, Oh, what?" like, I even was like, Oh yeah, I did used to do that.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Now whose idea do you, are you a lot of the creative influence of the band in terms of like, the artwork and stuff like that do you have a lot of uh uh is that a lot of coming from you or is it from the band yeah,
1: yeah. We, we would do everything together but yeah. I, I would say i would probably if there was an art director it would probably be me yeah
0: okay yeah i always wondered like because the first two album or the ep and then the album it was that you know it had the mascot and then the menace of sobriety in motel california they just you guys just dropped that all together i was always like wondered why
1: you know, you know in, a, in a lot record. of ways we were there was a lot of How do I say this? Um, You know, there was a little bit of uh, dysfunction, I would say, a little bit as to what direction we're going to go in, what we're going to do. You know, we got a lot of backlash for being overexposed. So we, you know, partly some people were like, maybe we should kind of change things up a bit in terms of the logo or whatnot. Um, And, you know, but luckily we still kept the idea of naming the records, keeping that in line and then when we reunited we're like let's just bring up, bring back all this the old stuff you know moish sadly passed away about five six years ago he was the artist mm. and um you know he did great work for us and then we we found in the meantime a couple other great artists that have been sort of taking this stuff and re re you know doing new stuff with it with the kid and whatnot and of course the, you know he, he, as a kid i always dreamed of having a logo you know and that's our logo. Let's let's go with it, you know? Yeah. Every band right. I like, they always would the priest would have the same logo. I mean, it took sometimes, you know, ACDC took a while until they finally got the one. Um, we had it, we kind of veered away, you know. It's what happens in art, right? You want to try new things, you know, all of a sudden you're starting to get like new wave. Not that we went new wave, but you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. <laughs> was it, stuff, it you know? was it sort of based? I just realized this today. I'm looking at it and I go, no, this is kind of like garbage pill kids. Was it kind of based on garbage pill kids a little bit?
1: You know, it does remind me of that a little bit too. Um, the newer stuff reminds me of Wacky Packs a little bit. And I, I don't know, that might have been after your time, but it was, or before your time, sorry. Um, it was like these takeoff stickers on stuff, but it was always really, you know, skulls and things oh, and lightning okay. and shit. But um, garbage pill kids, yeah. I, I, no, we didn't consciously do it for, you know, we we were actually what we were influenced by was the skate artists in Santa Barbara and Southern California. Moish was an artist for Paul Peralta, which is based in Santa Barbara. And, you know, you go to the skate shop and the bottom of skateboards always had the raddest stuff. And that probably was like, oh, we want something kind of like that bottom of that skateboard, you know, like this and that. And then, you know, and he, he actually worked for Powell and Santa Cruz and did art for skateboards and we just loved the skate art and you know, the stickers, the the bottom of the boards, the t-shirts, the whatever. And so that's what we were going for. It was more of that kind of, um, the skate art, um, and whatever the early nineties, you could say.
0: Yeah. Were you, are you into like, I know you guys did that snowboard excuse to snowboard tour. Are you into all that stuff, skateboarding, snowboarding, and surfing?
1: I don't skate at all. Dave's a really good skater. Whitney and I skated when we were kids together. Um, but I'm just like, no, thanks. I mean, I I don't want to break my arm on tour. You heard the Hatfield story, right? <laughs> hey, which had, one? He was skateboarding like for fun at an arena, and he breaks his arm.
0: <laughs> you was know? that recent, or was this no,
1: back in the day, like in the '90s? And I was like, no, okay. no not as. We actually were stupid to even do the snowboard tour, but we thought, oh, it's snow. You're not going to break your leg. And sure enough, our drum tech totally fucked up his leg. And we had to have a friend who happened to be with us just for fun became the drum tech by default. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, we've we've all we're all avid snowboarders. Um, Dave's a great skater. I I wouldn't say I'm an avid surfer. I'm more of a, just a longboarder. I just go surf every now and then for fun. So yeah, we all. But snowboarding something we all kind of bonded with because we all learned together and, and basically on that tour. I think is when we all learned how to snowboard. We'd already knew, but he you know, he put together that tour with a friend of his and we started in like Colorado and the guy was a badass snowboard instructor. And he taught me and Dave how to snowboard like right then and there. And uh, we've been, we've been doing it ever since.
0: Oh, that sounds fun. What about like, um, you guys toured with one of my favorite, another one of my favorite bands, skid row, which would have been an amazing tour. Of course it didn't hit the U S but those guys are one of the funniest bands based on their home videos that I've seen in interviews and things. Yeah, funny dudes. And yeah. then, and you guys are hilarious from what I've seen. Like, was there a lot, was that just like a nonstop laugh riot on that tour or what?
1: It was fun. It was super fun. It was, um, yeah, I mean, it was, we had great shows. We had some great times and yeah, I mean, Dave is hilarious. Snakes fucking he's a comedian <laughs> and the rest of the guys are great guys. You know, it was really fun.
0: Yeah. Rachel too. Have you ever seen like yeah. his videos where he, uh, he goes, like he lays on the, uh, baggage carousel at the airport.
1: Yes, I have seen a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. They're great.
0: <laughs> I don't know how he doesn't get in trouble for that. Or I think I think he said he did, but uh yeah.
1: yeah. I would think someone at the airport would be like, hey. All
0: right. Yeah, no, that's that's fun. So gosh, so many, so many great uh tours and uh and albums that you guys have done. Is there is there gonna be more music too after this? Uh, yeah. uh I mean, yeah, I know yeah. you just released Rad Wings I'm I'm already wanting another album. <laughs> you know what
1: you know, you we're always in particular is always thinking of melodies and lyrics and i definitely have some riffs and and i've said this a million times in the past well i have some riffs and he's got some lyrics and dave's always got a song floating around it's like so yeah (laughs) there's always something you know and so would
0: zach would zach morris be back on this for studio album or is is cam now kind of a fully fledged member of the band for drums
1: again that would be you know, Shannon plays on records with us now still. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So it, whoever's available, that's all I can say.
0: So um, it's pretty laid back in terms of. Yeah, any
1: of those three would be great. They're all very <laughs> capable drummers, you know, and, and, um, and officially they're all members of this band at some point. So it, whoever's available, that's what it comes down to, you know?
0: Yeah, that's all. And you don't have any, it sounds like at this point, you don't have any aspirations to to do any other side projects or other bands or anything.
1: Right now, where you know we're we're doing pretty much the coolest thing you can do is we're touring in a band, playing our songs, you know, and so that's kind of the the focus right now. But you know, oh, everybody's always kind of dabbling in something, you know. I might start making bongs again.
0: <laughs> did you ever have any like offers to play in other bands, like especially during that hiatus time? Did well, any I other bands band, call you? Or
1: I played in a band called Broham. Yeah. And they were signed to some label. And um, other than that, I mean, I had a few offers for auditions, but I wasn't interested. I just was like, I had just left the band or whatever. The band had just quit or broke up, sorry. And so I was like, I don't want to get right back into it right now. I think I was, at the time, I was really kind of over it. Not over, it was kind of more like the bullshit of the business and mm-hmm. some of the you know, it was kind of a whirlwind, and it was a great run, you know, but it's like, I needed to get away from it a little bit, honestly. As you can imagine, there's a lot of, it's a wonderful thing to be in a band and tour and to actually sell records and be able to see the world. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me, really just about, but there's also a lot of bullshit that goes with it. And you kind of like, sometimes you just want to get step away from it. And I think for me, like I, I'm not good at saying no, so I had to just literally just walk away for a while, and just live a normal life. I guess you could say for a little while.
0: Gotcha. So, do you yeah. think it's gotten the bullshit is better now than it was back then? Because back then you had the record labels and there's like executives and people on your back, whereas now you're kind of it's it's more yeah, DIY. The, right?
1: It's way less. It's way less money, but it's way less bullshit. <laughs> it's kinda, it kind of kind of goes together.
0: But, I get, yeah uh, but you guys get more of the the, the the there's less people to split the money with right like with the merch well yeah, have, yeah, merch. yeah
1: of, course. of course yeah there's that too but i'm just saying like being with a major label and selling a million records you know it, it's it, yeah you, you knew you there's going to be more money because you're far you know you're everywhere you're getting paid uh but um no i'm not complaining it's fine um you know you we're we're eking out a living you know sort of <laughs> but it's, it's uh, <laughs> And so, yeah, but the bullshit is way less because, and I'm not even saying it's the record company's fault. It's just, there's just a lot of, there's a lot more people involved, like you just said. And so there's a lot more chances of there being friction or or somebody that maybe has a different idea of how things should be. And then people throwing their weight around and all these other things. And like I said, the, the, the bullshit, you know, that it's never fun. I mean, I'm sure it's in every line of work and everything we people do, you know, you work at a, at a restaurant, you're going have to have one cook hates the other cook or whatever it may be, you know, or, or, uh, you know, this busboy is doing this wrong or any job, you know, there's always, I mean, I've had other jobs too. And there's always like, there's always some bullshit. So if it's more or less, I don't know, but there's less more now as the band's kind of a smaller entity than when it was a big thing.
0: Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. that You're right. Cause I think people forget about that, that they think it's just all fun and parties, but there's a lot of business. There's a lot of work that goes yeah. in, along with that. And, uh, like you said, in any business, there's going to be bullshit. So yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's, but it, it's nice that that's less now that you guys can yeah. hopefully just have yeah. fun.
1: Yeah. And you know, as we get older too, it's like, you know, really, who cares? <laughs> Sometimes you just say, who cares?
0: Like with what like other uh, the managers or something, uh, I don't know, you know I
1: think when you're young, obviously there's 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 a little bit of this like you want to be cool. like you want to be accepted, you want to be cool, you want to be cutting edge, things like that. Um, and you might take things much more to heart, like when you read a bad interview about your band or a bad sorry, a bad um review, or somebody from another band talks shit about your band. Remember that was like that's such a big yeah. Thing. And I'm sure it's, it's a very much a young thing. You know, bands in their 20s, they talk shit about each other. Yeah. I mean, you have like hip hop takes it to a whole nother level where they have the beef. But, you know, let's admit it in the 80s and 90s and even beyond metal bands talk shit about each other. It was like this thing. Remember Guns N' Roses and Poison had that big thing where they dumped a cooler on the manager's head or something stupid like that. And you always have this bag. Remember when Vince Neil like, and Axl Rose were going to fight? It was like this, they were going to like... Do he paper. punched
0: out Izzy Stradlin, I think.
1: Yeah, that. like all these crazy things. And then you had Kid Rock and Tommy Lee get into it. And so that's the kind of bullshit we haven't encountered any of that this second run. It's maybe because we're just all just older now. We're like, dude, I don't care, right? Like every band we've toured with in the last 10, 12 years has been super cool. We've gotten along. We've never... And even back then, every band was great, but we'd hear it. We'd, bands would talk shit about us, right? we probably talk shit about other bands. But... Back then Who talk
0: shit about you? I don't remember that.
1: <laughs> Everybody, really? <laughs> it was more like the the alternative bands.
0: Oh, they and, were too cool. Yeah, they, a grunge.
1: Yeah, all the metal bands were fucking cool as shit to us. Like all our heroes, like Priest and Ozzy and Motorhead. They were like, "Hello, Mike. Come on, have a pint with us." You know, that was all great. So, in a way, but we cared. We cared. When you're young, you care a lot about. What, let's. Just, I'm just. They never said. I don't think they were. But like, let's say a Jane's Addiction, a really cool band that we idolize. Not that they did, but I'm saying, let's just say you heard that they said some shit about you in an interview. You're like, it really it hits you. Like, fuck, I wanted them to like us, and you get all bummed out. And now I'd be like, I don't care. <laughs> you know? No, I, I think, think that's just getting older, it. though. Yeah, isn't yeah it? You get older, You're like, who cares what that person thinks of our band? Well, it's yeah, because
0: fun- I, inter- I interview a lot of musicians, uh, and so it seems like a lot of them are just happy to. Be able to tour and be able to make music and be able to do this. And so they—why would they talk shit about? They just want you know to be happy, and they're happy for everyone else. Because I I kind of remember that too. Certain bands, even within the metal community, they're like, "Oh, those guys are too soft. We're heavy. We're real." And now you see, like, they're all touring with each other, and it doesn't really matter.
1: No, and you notice that it's an age thing because it's like you know we would we were we would worry we would worry about oh we don't know if we should tour with them because they're considered this and we don't want to be considered that. You know what I mean? And now we're like, uh, will we fill the rooms? Are they, cool, <laughs> are they cool dudes or are they cool girls or whatever? Like, well, you know, as long as we don't hear that they're completely mean, of course, we'll tour whoever, you know. And so, yeah, it's an age thing for sure. But I don't yeah. know. If, maybe the music's changed better for that. Like, but you see it a lot in pop music, a lot of shit talking, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. I think that's a young you're right. That's it like, makes, a-
1: Yeah, it's a young person's thing game, I guess that game. That they pay, play,
0: Although, you know. although I will say, Motley Crue seems to still partake in that uh, shit talking here and there. With I feel yeah, like that's you know? how they they build up their brand is by getting yeah, press. They're the
1: bad boys. Bad boys are rock right there. You know. Did you ever do shows with them? No, never did. We did a show with um Vince Neil when he you're you remember you're invited and your friend can't but your friend can't come. the Single.
0: I fucking and love the, that song. I know yeah, it's it weird. Right after he
1: got out of crew, yeah. we did a award show with him and he was super nice and his band was super nice and that's the only dude i've really we've really played a show with we never did a show with molly crew but i would love to god i'd love to right now love crew. that would be
0: a fun tour and you know, with john yeah. five too like yeah yeah
1: yeah i mean you know
0: yeah that's another one because it's like they i remember i swear they've talked shit about poison and now they got poison opening up for them so
1: again what you said nowadays people are like we're just happy to be here filling a fucking arena yeah.
0: can't complain so how how's the tour with uh with fozzy going you you knew that you know those guys
1: well, we knew Chris Jericho because, we well, I'm sorry, we've played with Fozzie at least once or twice over the last ten years in England, and I just remember meeting him a couple times. And Chris is really nice, and uh, it was—it's been really what do you call it—smooth sailing. Pretty great tour, you know. Great guys. We all hang out, and our dressing rooms are in. I mean, we're playing. Sometimes we're playing clubs, and it's just you're just there, and everybody gets along great.
0: And he doesn't have any sort of. It's got to be weird because he's such a big. Wrestler. he doesn't yeah. have any sort of prima donna thing like i'm the big star i'm the big wrestling star no
1: i didn't feel we haven't felt anything like that um treating everybody's been treated well uh both on both sides i think pistols at dawn is a great opening band that's playing with us are great guys
0: yeah we, i had the drummer on my show he's super nice yeah
1: super sweet all of them and uh chris the singer is like kind of helping me try to get in shape He used to be a like personal trainer. Like he totally knows his shit. He's like, dude, you're doing your squats all wrong. Look, you got to go like this. Like, oh, thanks. Like, you know.
0: Well, that's (laughs) That's interesting because you seem like you're in pretty good shape. Like you're really thin. You're not. See, it's working.
1: It's working. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, you seem to be getting along on on stage. Okay, you're running around, jumping, having fun.
1: Dude, I'm like addicted to squats now, and I hated them at this right, right at the beginning of this tour. And my wife's like, "You got to do squats." It's you know, for, as you're I age, fucking hate work, squats too. That's dude, they're actually
0: kind of rad. The worst.
1: I'm, I, I'm getting them down. I'm getting the more you do them, the easier they get, and you can do them anywhere. You can just I, I was sitting at a red light the other day to cross the street. I got in 15 squats. Again, I don't care what people. But no think way,
0: of. you just because you got to no, like push it. It's such an awkward thing. position. You got to push it your looks like hips. really goofy. Yes.
1: Like, I'm going to start doing it around the kids because it'll just embarrass the hell out of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's that's really
1: funny. Looking, but again, going back to the getting older, like, I don't care, I, I'm doing it for my own health, and I don't care if the person ever be pointing at and laughing at me. I don't care.
0: What about the upper body? You doing the chest and the bicep
1: push ups, push ups,
0: yeah,
1: kind of hate them, but sometimes I like them. But it seems to some days, I just like, oh, I fucking don't want to do push ups.
0: What about abs? Because that's my biggest thing is like, I can get sit ups, dude. They're fucking bunk, dude. Yeah. I like doing sit downs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, so is there going to, somebody was asking about if there would be a possible live CD or I I would prefer a live DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. Would there be any, because you guys have never had a live disc ever, right?
1: No, no. I think we've tried a couple of times and it just didn't work out or there's some mess up with the one microphone something bl- bled into it or we played like shit i don't remember but yeah who knows yeah i mean that's you know that's that's always a, an idea right
0: right yeah or any other uh future plans uh future like would you extend this current tour because i had to drive to vegas i'm I'm actually in phoenix, we, in phoenix we have
1: you know because we've been doing like we we're doing it we just did a we're, we're finishing up one more week of the states tour and we've covered a lot of the country but this fucking country is so big, man. There's so many places we didn't play, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And it,
1: like, dang, you could really, I mean, we used to, back in the day, it would be three months you tour the States with Def Lover, three months solid, just bang, bang, bang. We did just, we're ending about five weeks. So you could, yeah, we have talked about it doing another leg for sure.
0: Oh, that would okay, that be sweet.
1: No, it's been great, man. We just, we didn't know what to expect honestly, we, we've been going to Europe every year, practically for the last 10 years. And, and Europe's been fantastic. We've been to Australia a couple of times, South America, but we didn't know, you know, and you come back here and you're like, Oh my God, this is where it all began. This is so cool. This is like, you know, our people, this is where all, this is what we are as Americans. And I think a lot of our music, is, our music is very American in terms of the lyrical content and some of maybe the me some of the stuff we reference is very americana you know
0: oh absolutely yeah i mean especially yeah, for me as a kid Excuse me. like one of my favorite bands so, so american yeah just like that and the humor i, I feel like that's an american kind of right humor, and, kind yeah, of and we
1: talk shit about you know it's funny that we had a song panel and that wit had the the trump line
0: i you know, know was, i love he, that line
1: he got he picked that up from like a homeless person that would call people, "Hey, Mr. Trump," because all we knew Donald Trump as was a really rich dude. That's right. all we knew about him. That's it, super rich dude. So it was kind of a joke with this homeless dude, like, "Hey, hey, yo, Mr. Trump, and you got any spare change?" And, and, <laughs> and we incorporated in the song. And then now we're playing it. We're like, are people are gonna take this like one way. Is it, they think this is political, it's not. It's just a lyric right. that was a joke. It was making fun of. It was not making fun of. It was referencing anybody that has. Anything as a rich person being Mr. Trump? So, yeah,
0: exactly. yeah, That's yeah. Good, I yeah. love that song, and everybody, yeah, we all sang along. When I think at the Vegas where I did, I don't know, I was singing yeah. along. I, lo- I love that one. That whole album is uh is amazing, in my opinion. I I love. It. I think it, I think you guys are. It's weird because I feel like I know you have two massive hits, but in so many ways, I feel like you guys are underrated.
1: Well, thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't you think that? I mean, like, because so many of the album tracks are so good, and you're so good live. And yeah, you have those two songs, right. but th- that doesn't really define the band, in my opinion. And you've made some good records after that. Yeah.
1: But I mean, it doesn't ever. You know, you think about Judas Priest; they had "Living After Midnight," was their big radio hit, and I love that song. I love it. But you, you know, you then you go, wow. But listen to this other stuff. Like it's, it's a whole other thing. And uh, you know, you're you, we're so lucky to have hits. Trust me, it's like wow. It's like someone just opened a door for you and said, Go play your songs on stage, all of them, <laughs> you know. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I'm trying to think of all the bands. And God, look at the chili peppers, you know, under the bridge. It's nothing like what the band really is, but it opened those doors like a motherfucker. Yeah. You know? Van Halen's first hit was You Really Got Me, a cover song by the Kinks, you know, although that's they did a pretty fucking Halen, they put their
0: it? stamp on that one yeah, yeah for, sure. for
1: sure and eddie for sure you know
0: that's what's funny to me though like it, and i get it if you're just kind of a casual fan you, you you're like oh i gotta hear cats in the cradle but to me i'm like i'm like okay like that's probably my least favorite song that you guys do live because i'm like there's so many other album cuts that i'm Very like i need to hear eddie, those
1: 90 like percent of what we do yeah it's like 10 percent of what we do is maybe an acoustic mellow song and then the rest is like hard rock is what
0: it is yeah, the metal stuff is great. Well, thank you so much thank for you. doing this. I I hope you guys do add more dates uh, in the US.
1: Like I said, that's what we're hoping to do and we are going to Europe uh in August for a month and then maybe come back here. You know, it takes a little time, but we'd love to come back. We've had such a great time. We've had such great response from from the fan, from the crowds, the fans, whatever. And you know, people have been really nice. I mean, the 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 venues, the people working at venues, the promoters, the you know the club owners, whatnot, venue owners, runners, people that own the place, has been like really positive feedback and just really great experience for us. Because like I said, we didn't know what to expect, and the USA has been great.
0: We it's amazing. It. Like I said, like I bought, I bought the shirt, I bought the poster, I've got the, I got the hat. You know, I try to support because it, well, it was only uh, like twenty dollars a ticket. I was like, dude, I felt yeah. bad. I was like, I want to like, I bought a lot of drinks too. So hopefully, you got a little cut of that maybe.
1: No, we don't get to cut of that, but we definitely uh, get to cut of that. So keep buying the merch.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then you guys don't do uh, meet and greets. That's another thing. Or,
1: well, you know, a little, a lot of it post COVID, we've been like, let's just calm down. We, everybody was getting sick. We were doing meet and greets and everybody got sick. And it was a freaking nightmare. Okay. So it's something we'd like to do. But man, it's like, we just, I swear, you get sick, man. It's people just, you could do it. like
0: the, uh, like KISS yeah, people, where they people, have the, uh, yeah, aquarium.
1: yeah. I know. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah, because it's like my buddy said. Like after COVID, he's like, I think we just need to get rid of handshakes. Like, what is the point of that? I'm like, I'm all. I'm. I think I'm good with that. it's Like, is it elbow. really worth? Yeah, or fist bump or something different, just because it's not worth getting sick for. You know. Um,
1: man, I know, I and mean, that's the whole thing, right? It's your hands, like emanated.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I always end promoting a charity or a nonprofit or something, a cause. Is there something that you have that's near and dear to your heart?
1: Right now, just um, you know, support trans people. You know, um, I know people have different opinions about it, but you know, I know some and people that are just like, look, we just don't want to be villainized for a lifestyle choice. You know, it's it's not. I'm not trying to impede on your thing. I'm just like, I'm just want to be able to live my life. You know, I went to a drag show recently for the first time. I went to my first Pride, and I was like, this is so much fun. <laughs> I hate this you know there's nothing to hate here. it's just people being themselves and having fun with it they're not no one's trying to push something on me i went there willingly and saw a fun drag show and it was a blast
0: so yeah i think we had um i went to the rock and pod and there's a there are you familiar with that event in mm-hmm. nashville yeah it's like all these bands and all the music pot rock podcasters and uh and one of the musicians is is trans and and nobody she got up and played and uh and nobody cared it wasn't and i was like kind of surprised I was kind of nervous i was like nashville like are people gonna like throw stuff or you know i don't know what to expect and i was like okay good like nobody cares like and I, i wish yeah people i think we just need all the just love everybody that's always been my motto i guess is just to kind of accept everyone and i don't mean as long as you're not hurting someone it. else
1: exactly just don't make a big deal out of it just you know if it gets to a point where someone's really pissing you off talk to them <laughs> but other than that like just let people be and do their thing you know if they're not hurting anybody
0: then nobody should even care right no that's that's what this country was founded on is religions exactly. and yeah. different uh different people different different music like you said you t- music people talking yeah. shit to each other i grew up
1: in the bay area and that's you know where we, the whole hippie movement started and then the gay community really started big in san francisco the castro and stuff and then thrash metal came about and that's what san francisco's favorite famous <laughs> for, is people doing shit that might freak other people out but in the end you're like do it you know I mean, Metallica, right. you know, but I lived there and it was like thrash metal night every Monday and shit. And it was like, you know, the people in the neighborhood freak out on these metal people showing up, but they're, they're all devil worshipers And this music's way too heavy, but it's like, it's kind of a little thing like that. It's like people, if you're open-minded, see the, the the beauty in the difference, you know, that that's what life is about, you know, especially art. Like you want art to be the same for thousands of years. You want it to evolve, change and be creative. And I think, you know, like everything anything from, from a drag show to the Grateful Dead concert to a Metallica concert, you know, <laughs> like very different things, different strokes for different folks.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You guys hung out with the Metallica people a little bit, right?
1: Oh, yeah. We've crossed paths in mean, particularly with Kirk and, of course, Robert Trujillo. He was in a band with WIT, you know, for a minute, uh, Medication.
0: Oh, and, right.
1: Uh, shows. And, of course, WIT plays in the wedding band with them, with Kirk and Rob. Uh, they've done a few shows so yeah and we've known kirk since 1987 88 um just been a friend of ours because bay area you know you just meet people and it was before we even uh, we were we're an ugly kid joe together we met kirk and he was he's been one of them he's the nicest rock star i've ever met <laughs> like i said i met him before we were even a band so he's always been a sweetheart
0: very cool all right we'll look forward to hopefully some new shows with ugly kid yeah. joe we'll see you again i'll have to drive maybe if it's california or something or vegas again or it maybe be, phoenix
1: yeah hope. dude that's such a great rock town man right was, we weren't playing it you know because we I, I remember back in the day playing with ozzy and playing clubs there it was always freaking great
0: yeah rock. you did one um i saw it was before i moved here i used to live in seattle but you guys i, I saw on like the history you guys played a show with like corn and like
1: yeah uh, Rob yeah, came out, great. I think, and sang with us at that show because Rob lives in Phoenix. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I oh, totally see, was. that's
0: a gr- another good reason to come here. I forgot. No, Rob no, no, no,
1: no. And I mean, Alice yeah. Cooper lives here, too. That's right. We did a tour with Alice Cooper not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, even yeah, done it all. Little, treated us great. He had Wit come out and sing with him one of the songs. And yeah, Alice Cooper was super nice. That's what he, everyone that's tells what the me. An old dude that still puts on a great show, gives it 110, has all the props, sings great and you know he wears the makeup so he just looks like he's always looked you know right you don't think of it as being an old man he's like a just a badass front man you know doing his thing and and a great singer and great songs and a great freaking band always a great band
0: oh yeah he's got ryan roxy and nita strauss yeah he gets the great players and
1: they just put on a great show it's fun super fun all right
0: well everyone should check out uh the, the tour that if, the, if it's coming to their town or if you add d- dates because i really i love the one in vegas that was a great show so and of course the new records out now red wings of destiny it's on everywhere streaming and all that stuff can people get it on vinyl
1: yeah we've, we're selling vinyl all the time um we were selling with the shows of course but yeah. um uglykidjoe.net uh, um that's tough because I know we we shipped a bunch out here to sell. We didn't make a ton, obviously, because it's mm-hmm. vinyl. You don't want to sprint a billion vinyls. And so then you get then you're sitting there looking in your shed like I've got six hundred vinyl records from the record we did six years ago. What am I going to do with this shit? Instead, <laughs> well, there's still people collect them, and they look really cool. Of course, they opened up. It's got all this cool art. And we, we you know we'll probably be selling a bunch online. You know, whatever okay. we've left. Although it's, they're going pretty quick, so we're
0: stoked. Cool and yeah, like like I said, all the cool merch too. I love that stuff. So people should definitely buy merch. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, man. Take care. Okay. Bye Thanks. bye. Klaus Eichstadt. He's the Ugly Kid Joe OG original guitarist. See him on tour in the U.S. with Fozzie and Pistols at Dawn, or one of the other worldwide shows that they do. The new album, Rad Wings of Destiny, is available now, along with lots of cool merch. Uh, you can also support the band by sharing their stuff on social media and sharing this episode on social media helps the band and my little show. So I appreciate that. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you watch or listen to the show. Uh, we have a lot of great stuff coming up. Uh, appreciate all your support. Have a great rest of your day and shoot for the moon.